Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour. (laughs) Oh, happy day. Bonjour. Yes. Wow. Wow, life is so good. (laughs) And I'm glad we're sharing it together. I'm so grateful. Grateful, grateful. Mm -hmm. Taking a breath of gratitude together. And yes, so, so grateful. Mm hmm. Steeping myself in that awareness of gratitude. <sighs> so our, our topic today is miracles and true perception, true perception and miracles. And let's begin with a prayer and a blessing. Mm-hmm. So we take a breath of love and gratitude hand on our heart, we are grateful and thankful to consciously attune to the perfect love of God that we already are. So grateful and so thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to remember and recognize the truth that absolutely liberates us. It sets us free. We are grateful and thankful to join together with the higher Holy Spirit self for the purpose of our healing, of our awakening. We are grateful and thankful to allow ourselves to experience true liberation, true perception, miracles. We're calling it forth. We're accepting it. We're receiving it. We're anchoring it and sharing the benefits with everyone because we are one with them. In gratitude, we allow it to be. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So grateful. (laughs) Indeed. What a blessing. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> All right. Well, let's dive right in here. True perception and miracles. Miracles is true perception. And, uh, you know, I just love A Course in Miracles. Did you know that? <laughs> let's jump right in. So we're going to look at the text which I just love the text, as you well know. And chapter three, section two, is entitled Miracles as True Perception. And it says here, Jesus is talking with us. He says, I have stated that the basic concepts referred to in this course are not matters of degree. Right. So that's the thing is facts are facts. Truth or truth is truth. And the great thing about truth is it is constant. It has no breaks. It has no holidays and it has no differences. This is why I find it very valuable to just recognize that no individual has their personal truth. I know that it's been common for many years now for people to say things like, well, my truth is, but that's a distortion of what truth is. And not to make that wrong or bad, but it is is a perception that we, we could have my truth. There's the truth, the truth, and The truth is the truth for everyone exactly the same without difference. That is a key to understanding A Course in Miracles. And it is a key to navigating this life in a way that is productive, that is helpful, that is joyful, that is prospering, 
right? Understanding that the truth applies to everyone and everything in the same way at the same time consistently throughout eternity. When we can recognize that the truth is the truth all of the time without breaks or holidays or vacations or or special exceptions, then we can begin to trust the truth, right? Because the difference between that which is of God, which the truth certainly is, and that which is of ego is ego is inconsistent, truth is consistent. God is consistent. And we can start to look for that and apply that in our life. And for me, that awareness, the truth is true all the time for everyone just the same, really helped me to heal my mind, which I'm still in the process of doing. So Jesus says here, I've stated that the basic concepts referred to in this course are not matters of degree. Certain fundamental concepts cannot be understood in terms of opposites. It is impossible to conceive of light and darkness or everything and nothing as joint possibilities. In other words, darkness is not a thing. Light is a thing, right? They can't be, they can't coexist. Light and darkness cannot coexist. When we think about it, doesn't it make sense? How could light and darkness coexist? No. There can be a shadow, right, which seems like darkness, but darkness is not a thing. Light is a thing. So (laughs) it says here, they are all true or all false. It's just so helpful to recognize that. That which is true is true and that which is false is false. It is essential that you realize your thinking will be erratic until a firm commitment to one or the other is made. A firm commitment to darkness or nothingness, however, is impossible. No one has ever lived who has not experienced some light and some thing. No one, therefore, is able to deny truth totally, even if he thinks he can. That's refreshing, literally refreshing to the mind. Next paragraph. Innocence is not a partial attribute. (laughs) Yeah, baby. Innocence is not a partial attribute. So you can't be partially innocent. You're either innocent or not innocent. It is not real until it is total. The partly innocent are apt to be quite foolish at times. It is not until their innocence becomes a viewpoint with universal application that it becomes wisdom. So in other words, when we recognize that all are innocent all of the time, then we've got access in our mind. We're no longer blocking the wisdom of God. He goes on to say, innocent or true perception, so innocent is true perception, that's what he's telling us now, means that you never misperceive and always see truly. More simply, it means that you never see what does not exist and always see what does. Which reminds me of that saying that I got from Michael Beckwith um, and... (laughs) Uh, I say from time to time, when you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see and you won't see what you do see. Same thing, right? Um, When you believe more in what you don't see than what you do see, then you will see what you don't see and you won't see what you do see. That's the thing about perception and true perception 
When you lack confidence in what someone will do, you are attesting to your belief that he is not in his right mind. Now, this is critical. This is something we work with a lot in Masterful Living. Uh, We're just starting the year in Masterful Living, my year-long course. And one of the goals I have for everyone is that they will transform any special relationships, painful relationships, difficult relationships, that those relationships will be transformed into holy relationships because of the work we do at the level of the mind. So that's why in Masterful Living, we don't study A Course in Miracles. We practice it. We live it. We apply it. Because too many people come to Masterful Living who, not too many, but uh, many people come to Masterful Living and will tell me sometime in the midst of the year, I've been participating in a study group, I've been studying A Course in Miracles for 5, 10, 20 years, whatever it is, and uh, never lived it and never experienced the miracles until this year in Masterful Living. Because it's all about that practical application. And that's what Jesus is saying here. When you lack confidence in what someone will do, you are attesting to your belief that he is not in his right mind. So this is one of the key things that we work on in Masterful Living is the elimination of that tendency to... Uh, to to uh, the elimination of that tendency to sorry I'm distracted by sounds I'm hearing um, <laughs> the tendency to look at someone without confidence in their innocence. When you lack confidence in what someone will do, you are attesting to your belief that he is not in his right mind. Now, we can look at someone, right? We do this all the time. We look at politicians. We looked at our loved ones. We look at our co-workers. We look at all kinds of people all around us, and we think, what's that monkey doing? What's that moron doing? What's that idiot doing? What's that freak doing? What's happening with that person? Oh, my God. Oh, they never this. They always that, right? That sighing, the eye rolling, all that critical, judgmental, attacking thought is based on beliefs that aren't true. And so when we lack confidence in our brothers and sisters, we are thereby attesting to our belief that they're not in their right mind. Now, going on a little further here, this is hardly a miracle-based frame of reference. It also has the disastrous effect of denying the power of the miracle. The miracle perceives everything as it is. If nothing but the truth exists... Right-minded seeing cannot see anything but perfection. So when we look at our brothers and sisters and say they're not in their right mind, that they're um, not good, that they're wrong, they're bad, we're judging them. We are not doing what we were sent here to do. I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me, right? So when we are judging, attacking, condemning other people or ourselves, we're not fulfilling our purpose. That prayer on page 28, I am here only to be truly helpful. I am here to represent the one who sent me, to represent God. So When we're judging, attacking, we're not doing that. We're the one who's not in our right mind. And the antidote to all of it is to see and know the truth, which is there. And the truth is we're all innocent. 
Nothing unreal exists. Nothing real can be threatened, right? Why would we project these judgments, these opinions, these attack thoughts out into the world except we feel threatened? Why would we feel threatened? Because we don't know who we are. We don't know what we are. We don't know whose we are. And we don't know what we're here to do, which is to represent, represent within the illusion the one who sent us. We don't trust that we've come into this world with everything we need to be the savior of the world, but we have. Now, I'm talking to myself today, for sure, just like I am every other day of the year. (laughs) Nothing special about today. But I'm just so aware that most of the spiritual students I know do not set the bar high enough. They don't set the bar high enough. They're afraid to set the bar high because they think they're going to have to meet the bar all by themselves, that they will not be lifted or carried. But this is not what it tells us in A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles tells us very clearly that we cannot do it. We can't even do it. So stop thinking that you can and allow it to be done. This is what we're supposed to be allowing, doing, experiencing. So this this is the whole thing, and this is why people have so much healing in doing the course work that we do in Masterful Living, because we can't look on our brothers and sisters lacking confidence in their innocence, lacking confidence in their God nature. That's just projecting our own lack of confidence. Now, who was I talking with recently? I don't know. Maybe it was Corinne Zupko? Hmm. I'm not sure. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. I was talking with a friend recently that was saying uh, that they appreciated that, oh, I know who it was, uh, that they appreciated that I talk about my intention, my goal is to truly awaken from the dream, to fully accept the atonement for myself. This is my goal, and it's not some idle thing that I'm talking about here. This is where I'm placing my attention. Could I put more attention on it? Without question. And I feel like I do put more on it every day than the day before. So that's good. (laughs) Upward progress. And let us recognize our function in this world to be truly helpful. So what happens is when we're working at the level of the mind, we're willing to drop our perceptions and our projections about our brothers and sisters. And then lo and behold, they start to behave differently. Lo and behold, they start to act differently. They start to have ahas and miraculous healing and transformation. This to me is one of the most exciting things that we can do in our spiritual life and practice. Of course, the goal is that our spiritual practice is all of the time, right? We're walking the talk, we're living the love all of the time, that we don't stop. We always are doing it, that our spiritual practice is not some dedicated minutes per day or hours per day even, that it's all the time, that we even take our spiritual practice intentionally into our dream time, right? This is one of the things I I talk about in Masterful Living, because consider this, and I'm sure I've talked about this years before at the beginning of the year because it, I find it so helpful to, to hold in our minds that 
when we are interested in achieving something or going someplace or um, becoming, we set a goal. And the journey to reaching that goal is one of course correction. And the example I give, because to me it's, it's such a helpful way to look at it, that if we were like NASA, right, sending a rocket to the moon, we would set a trajectory and that trajectory, in order to meet it, to go from wherever, Cape Canaveral, to the other side of the moon, we're going to need to factor in all the different atmospheres and the gravitational pulls and the spinning of both planets. So the Earth and the moon. And that's how life is. It's a constant course correction. But we have to be clear about where we'd like to go. And this is one of the things that many spiritual students don't do. They do not have a very clear idea of where they would like to go and be mentally, spiritually, emotionally. So we can make goals about our body, right? We can make goals about our finances. We can make goals about our career. We can even make goals about our relationship. But what about your spiritual awakening? Why not set the goal to attain enlightenment, if that's what you want to call it, to accept the atonement, to ascend or awaken, what, whatever we want to call it, to be our true self and make that the number one goal. So back in the 90s, I started to pray this prayer. Uh, I live as the Christ consciousness. I live as the Christ consciousness. My hand is the hand of God. My mind is the mind of God. My life is the life of God. My heart is the heart of God. My word is the word of God. And I would wake up in the morning and that would be the first thought I would have. That as soon as my mind came to consciousness, I would declare I live as the Christ. I am the Christ. Now, a lot of times people who are raised Christian or Catholic, which I was not, I was not raised in a religion, they will go, oh, I can't say that. It's like one of my favorite affirmations is, I am perfect. Be ye perfect, even as your God in heaven is perfect. I am perfect, okay. These affirmations are powerful, transformative, life-changing. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. When we declare these affirmations, we are doing it for all humanity, for all life. And that's being truly helpful. This is our divine opportunity in each and every moment. Uh you know, I'm thinking of spirits sharing that song from the uh, musical South Pacific, the song Happy Talk. Remember that song? And the line is, if you don't have a dream, how you gonna make a dream come true or have a dream come true? If you don't have a dream, how are you going to have a dream come true? So if you don't have a goal for your spiritual awakening, how are you going to have that come true? You see, it feels too big. It feels like hubris to some. It feels like ego to some to say, I'm choosing awakening. I'm choosing to accept the atonement for myself. Let me walk in this world as the Christ. Let me do even more than Jesus did. Yes, let that be the case. I'm up to the task. You see, we, we, we shrink back from that because we've, we've judged ourselves so intensely. We've prejudged ourselves so intensely that we've made up our mind it's not possible. And yet... 
there's Jesus in every part of A Course in Miracles saying, it's not only possible, it is what is occurring, it is what will occur. There is no question or doubt about it. It's just a matter of time, and time is an illusion. Healing does not take time, as Ernest Holmes said. The only time it takes to have a healing is the time that it takes to have a realization. What is a realization? It's an awareness of truth, right? So we could all be like Saul on the road to Damascus, who's hit by that blinding light of Jesus' spirit, and then Saul goes from being the persecutor of the Christians to the champion of the Christians. He becomes Paul, the great uh, apostle. This is the truth. Well, that music signals it's my turn to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, where we're living the love, we're walking the talk, and I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, living the love, walking the talk. Welcome back. And so we're talking about true perception and miracles. And uh, just before I go into that, I'm going to mention something because I forgot to do it earlier. And that is that um, uh, John Mundy's class on the power of decision is starting this week uh, at the Power of Love Ministry. It's an online class. It's a great class to add to your library. And uh, such a powerful teaching and a powerful teacher. And you can go to jenniferhadley.com and uh, right on the homepage, you can see an ad there on the events page. And uh, you can register for John's class if you're interested. And the other thing I'd like to mention is that we're doing two two events in March at the Honors Haven Resort and Spa uh, in the Catskills of New York, Catskills Mountains. And um, John and I are reprising our teacher training on how to create and lead a workshop, which includes training you how to lead my Forgiven Be Free workshop. And... uh, Oh, so much fun to do this work, and I would love to empower anyone who's interested to feel really confident and empowered and capable of leading a great, great workshop. When we did this last year, it was so much fun, and we've—I was—it was so wonderful that. People wanted to do all kinds of workshops, Uh, workshops on real estate, workshops on food, workshops on um, just a myriad of topics. And so they and they also wish to do a workshop on the forgiven be free and teach the forgiveness, which. I was so pleased about. So this training does include my personal certification that you're capable of that. And we're having follow-up because uh, people got so into it. Last year, we did uh, the training in five days, and we didn't feel like we had enough time. We got so into it. So this time we're doing it for seven days, and um, that is March 14th to the 20th. And then um, on the 20th, in the evening, we're starting a retreat, and Lisa, Natoli, and Corinne Zepko are going to join me and John Mundy. And our retreat is called Spring Clearing Healing with Forgiveness, Miracles, and Kundalini. Uh, I've been training as a Kundalini yoga teacher and 
uh, I find that when I teach the Kundalini on my retreats and my trainings, like I, I did last year, uh, people just loved it. And it made a wonderful way for us to uh, be very high vibrational for all the teachings that would come in the day. So we're going to be really focusing on healing in this retreat and spring clearing mental, emotional, physical clutter. Uh, and the, the yoga is not, uh, that we'll be doing, it's not particularly difficult. It's really uh, for all levels, even if you're in a wheelchair or can't move very much. There's all kinds of modifications. And um, we are going to have a spiritual hoot and nanny. Uh, Lisa was saying it's going to be epic, which I'm sure it will be. And so you can go to jenniferhadley.com and uh, you can always go to the events page. Uh, ads are around the site on the homepage and things like that where you can click through for both the teacher training and the spring clearing retreat. And uh, there's a discount if you go to both. I like to do these events back to back and offer that discount for people who come to both because then we find people come from different places in the world and long distances and it makes it easier because, you know, if you're coming from Europe or Australia, then it's really nice to be able to come for a really nice chunk of time. And uh, I have to say that over the years uh, of doing back-to-back retreats and trainings, that people who come to both have extraordinary results. It's really life-changing for them. And uh, that's fun. That's really fun for all of us. So mentioning those things, plus don't forget, you can always sign up for my free text messages and my daily shot of spiritual espresso, my daily blog, my daily prayer, all kinds of things. And you can see it all at jenniferhadley.com. Also, quick mention here, all the radio show transcripts are available at livingacourseofmiracles.com. And of course, if you don't know, sign up for the podcast. And because if you get your podcast through iTunes, they only take 300 episodes. We've got more than 300 episodes. So at iTunes, we have two podcasts, A Course in Miracles and then A Course in Miracles Archive. So that's how you can get all the episodes of this broadcast in podcast form through iTunes. But there are other uh, podcast outlets like Stitcher and things like that. Alrighty, righty So we're back to true perception and miracles. When you lack confidence in what someone will do, you're attesting to your belief that he is not in his right mind. This is hardly a miracle-based frame of reference. So another extrapolation you can make from this is that if you lack confidence in your brothers and sisters then you're not miracle-minded. I did an episode once on miracle-mindedness. Uh, you're not miracle-minded, so duh, you're not going to be experiencing the miracles that are available to you. You will be blocking those miracles. So this is why our brothers and sisters are our salvation. Because... When we practice miracle-mindedness, seeing the truth and not our perceptions and projections, then we're going to live a miraculous life. He goes on to say, it is also disastrous, has the disastrous effect of denying the power of the miracle. The miracle perceives everything as it is. If nothing but the truth exists, right-minded seeing cannot see anything but perfection. I have said that only what God creates or what you create with the same will, God's will, has any real existence. This, then, is all the innocent can see. They do not suffer from distorted perception. And 
there are people walking around on the world on the planet that are helping us to claim our divinity and our miracle mindedness because of the way they're acting out and misbehaving. And they're so tempting to judge and to criticize and complain about, you know, and I think of how people complain about politicians and, uh, but our job is to see them correctly, you see, and, and they really can push the buttons of the, um, the people who are following the news, right? So um, I was looking at the newspaper, I believe it was this morning, and uh, New York Times, Washington Post, something like that, had a, they keep track of the number of falsehoods that come out of the president's um, office or his mouth, and it was over 8,000. Two years of um, being the president, over 8,000 misleading statements, we'll call them. So for a lot of spiritual students, that can be upsetting, intensely bothersome. And people write to me all the time, you know, I am really struggling with all my attack thoughts about this president. But the president is offering us the opportunity to stand and stay in our right mind and to see his innocence, right? Which doesn't mean that we don't take action to bring change. I'm very much for taking action at all levels. So I take action mentally, emotionally, and physically. And that, to me, is very valuable. And what I'd like to do is take all my physical and emotional and mental actions and choices from a place of the truth, that I'm acting from the truth, not from ego, not from a sense of woundedness, right? Now, this section here that we're, we're looking at, Miracles as True Perception, goes on to say in paragraph four, you're afraid of God's will because you have used your own mind, which God created in the likeness of his own to miscreate. That's why we're afraid of God's will. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with someone as a spiritual counselor and, and suggested to them that they work with the affirmation, I will to will God's will, uh, or thy will be done. Uh, my, thy will, not my will. Uh, that kind of a thing. Though I now perceive and know that my will is the will of God because there's only one will. There is no separate will because there is no separation. But people are afraid of God's will, just like it says here. They're afraid to say, okay, God, let your will rule my life. They're afraid precisely because what it says here, because you've used your mind to miscreate. However, all the miscreation is in the world of illusion, and we can stop condemning ourselves for it at any point. And our brothers and sisters whom we condemn for their miscreations, when we can forgive them, maybe then we can forgive ourselves. That's why A Course in Miracles teaches all forgiveness is self-forgiveness, because there's only one. So Jesus goes on to say the mind can miscreate. Yep, it can. The mind can miscreate only when it believes it is not free. So the antidote is to realize we are free. We're already free. We don't have to become free. We are free. 
An imprisoned mind is not free because it is possessed or held back by itself. It is therefore limited, and the will is not free to assert itself. To be one is to be of one mind or will. When the will of the Sonship and the Father are one, their perfect accord is heaven. So that's where here you can see it seems like there might be a conflict because Course in Miracles tells us there's only one will. But there is the illusion of a separate will. There's the illusion of a separate will. Nothing can prevail against a son of God who commends his spirit into the hands of his father. By doing this, the mind awakens from its sleep and remembers its creator. All sense of separation disappears. The Son of God is part of the Holy Trinity, but the Trinity itself is one. There is no confusion within its levels because they are of one mind and one will. The single, this single purpose creates perfect integration and establishes the peace of God. When there's oneness, of course there has to be peace because there's no split. The split is an illusion. So peace is real. The split is not. The single pur- this single purpose creates perfect integration and establishes the peace of God. Yet this vision can be perceived only by the truly innocent. Now, truly innocent. What does that mean? Truly innocent is those that are know they're innocent and know that their brothers and sisters are innocent. Because their hearts are pure, the innocent defend true perception instead of defending themselves against it, right? So many of us, when we're identified with the ego, in a sense, we're hiding from God because we fear God's wrath. Because we, that's how we operate, with punishment, right? So one thing you can do to be more in your right mind and to have tremendous healing is to really call upon the Holy Spirit to help you clearly recognize, recognize all the ways in which you think anyone should be punished for anything at all. I know when I was younger, I had such a strong attachment to belief in punishment. And I thought it was my job to punish. Very often, I thought it was my job to punish. How would I punish people? I'd stop talking to them. I'd ignore them. I'd be cold to them. I'd be sharp with them, sarcastic with them. Mm-hmm. So be willing to see all the ways in which you're misperceiving and miscreating by energizing that anyone should be punished for any reason whatsoever. Instead, let us do what Jesus is talking about here in chapter 3, section 2, paragraph 5. Nothing can prevail against a son of God who commends his spirit into the hands of his father. Let us commend our spirit into the, well, God doesn't have hands, and God is not a man, but we know what Jesus means here. Let us commend our spirit back to God to end the separation in our own mind. By doing this, the mind awakens from its sleep and remembers its creator, All sense of separation disappears. So going back to what I was sharing in the beginning of the show, let's set the highest 
farthest, most beneficial trajectory possible, which is home. Let us go home in our mind. Let us wake up in our mind. Let us return to innocence in our mind. Let us accept the atonement for ourselves. Let us awaken from the sleep and remember our Creator. Holy Spirit, make it so. We are willing. So this is my prayer. I am willing to give up all sense of separation. I am surrendered. I am surrendered. I am led and guided by the Spirit now and forevermore. This is the truth of my being. I am grateful and thankful to let it be so. So grateful. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is what we're, we're saying. This is what we're calling forth. This is what we're doing. This is our divine opportunity. There's just something so wonderful about the turn of the page, right? It's an ego thing, but the turn of the page in the calendar, new year, new you. But you might be listening to this in the middle of July, September. doesn't matter because people listen to these episodes all year round. And many people tell me they listen to an episode every day, that they've listened to all the shows couple of times my pals my brothers and sisters in the light let's do this together let's let the holy spirit set the trajectory and guide us all the way home and let's just say let's let it happen this year now the the ego says uh, you'll never be able to do that who are you kidding you what who? You? I remember when I was in the practitioner training at Agape to become a licensed spiritual counselor, prayer practitioner, um, Michael Beck was, would say, when you graduate, right, there will probably be people who've known you a long time who will think her, him, they're a practitioner. How did that happen? Right. And it will bother us if we agree. But if we don't agree, it will bother us. That's their perception. Let us be miracle minded and claim our true perception. So this single purpose creates perfect integration and establishes the peace of God. Yet this vision can be perceived only by the truly innocent because their hearts are pure. The innocent defend true perception instead of defending themselves against it. Understanding the lesson of the atonement, they are without the wish to attack and therefore they see truly. This is what the Bible means when it says, when he shall appear or be perceived, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. The way to correct distortions is to withdraw your faith in them and invest it only in what is true. You cannot make untruth true. If you are willing to accept what is true in everything you perceive, you let it be true for you. Truth overcomes all error, and those who live in error and emptiness can never find lasting solace. If you perceive truly, you are canceling out misperceptions in yourself and in others simultaneously because you see them as they are. You. Offer them your acceptance to their, of their truth so they can accept it for themselves. This is the healing that the miracle induces. So the miracle is when we're willing. The miracle is when we are able to say, let me not 
rest on my own opinions. Let me see the way that God sees. And every time we feel the slightest irritation or misperception, we're not seeing as God sees. And rather than chastise ourselves or feel like we're, we're failing, instead, it's a call for healing. Let us not be distracted with punishment. Instead, let us choose the healing that's available to us. So this is part of our practice in Masterful Living is when we realize we don't feel good, we say, Holy Spirit, whatever it is that's the cause of me not feeling good, I give it to you. In my defenselessness, my safety lies, right? Sickness is a defense against the truth. Upset is a defense against the truth, too. (laughs) Yes, so let's give all that up and let us stand in an awareness of the perfection and the truth that we already are. So grateful. Hmm. Yes, 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 yes. You know, I, I, I hardly ever mention that at Facebook, we have a Course in Miracles radio show fan page. I'm going to invite you to go there. I'll, I'll make a post. I'm going to invite you to go there and just tell me, are you in? Are you in? Are you willing to set your trajectory And let the Holy Spirit guide you all the way to awakening. There's no hubris in it. This is what Jesus is calling us to over and over and over again in the Course. Let us at least say yes. Uh, And that to me is the, the miracle that really shifted everything for me. Is I said, okay, I don't know how. I don't know how that is ever going to happen. How the heck is Jen Hadley ever going to become awakened? Holy Spirit, you know, and you lead me and guide me, and we'll we'll do it together, because I can't do it by myself, and I don't need to. Let's do it. Let's go for it. So let's take a breath. Love and gratitude, grateful and thankful to open our hearts and minds to the truth that sets us free. We're grateful and thankful to claim the healing and share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.